hard to be Nemo right now. It is. Nemo, can you say too many cooks? Oh my god. Stop. Too many cooks. No, no, no. Too many cooks. That is how it goes. No, it isn't. Too many cooks. No, I was doing too the many cooks. I was doing the response. It's oh. a call and response. Oh. Too many cooks. Too many cooks. You say so. Too many cooks. You're not gonna keep doing that, are you? <laughs> I've always been doing it, Bart. of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily. Uh, joining me this week, we have my partner in transgalactic crime, Bartholomew Devon. Hello, Bart. Transgalactic? Sure. Let's go, go from one gal- galaxy to another. I don't think that's what intergalactic is. I was going to say intergalactic, because intragalactic would be within our own galaxy. Intergalactic is from one galaxy to another. Yeah, see? Tra- trans means across. across. Yeah, you go yeah, across the galaxy. You're not going across. You just, you flat, okay. You flat out said going from one galaxy to another. Yeah. And then when we corrected you and told you that's not what it meant, you're like, yeah, so you're going through the galaxy. You're wrong, Daly. I'm sorry, you, but you're wrong. Can you do that impression of me again? Yeah, yeah, you're just going through the galaxy. Like, you act like that's what you wanted to say the whole time. This is why you're I wrong. Here. I'm sorry, buddy. You are wrong. Also joining us this week, as you can hear, my lovely wife, Jamie, who's so understanding and never gloats when she's correct. Oh! Oh! I got burnt! Did you hear it? I heard it. You want to know why I got Would you like me to... What Daly he mentioned. never tells me I'm right. He won't say that he's wrong, and he won't ever say that I'm right. Jamie uh, never gloats when she's not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> so I would like you to point out that in this instance, Daly was wrong, and he just called me correct. Yes, that's what happened. It was a red letter day. <laughs> we so, have it on tape. So good you can listen to, to it again today. if you like. So good to be me. Uh, well, uh, today we're going to be talking uh, interstellar. Are you sure it's not transstellar? It might be transstellar. <laughs> I'm not going to rule that out. Um, it may or may not be transstellar. But before we get into Interstellar, uh, news time. But first, the news. But first, the news. So the big news of the week, certainly, is uh, the unveiling of the Star Wars title. Uh, the Force Awakens yeah. will be the title of the next Star Wars movie. Bart, you look greenish about it. You look ambivalent. Well, it's a stupid title. <laughs> Tell us how you really think. I think it's a stupid title. <laughs> Uh, not evocative enough for you. Not uh, not creative enough. Too 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 blah. It's a stupid title. <laughs> and that's it. That's, that's what. What about that title is not stupid? I, I mean, I don't know. I think the interesting thing is uh, they seem to have dropped the episode seven part of it. They, it does. They did not say oh. it's episode seven, The Force Awakens, as they did with the prequels. And is there a colon? Uh, well, they... Is it Star Wars colon The Force Awakens? As opposed to Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, it's not a full sentence. It's not a grammatical <laughs> sentence. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, Jamie and I were talking about this uh, a couple of days ago. Um, you know, I think it's actually a good decision to drop the Episode 7 part of it. 
um, in the in the title at least. Why? Because when you think about it, yeah, the original trilogy, like the episode titles are in the crawl, but yeah. they're not actually in the titles of the movies. It's just Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars: Return of the Jedi. You know, they only put in the episode numbers when they did the prequels. Right. Nobody likes the prequels. So I feel like by... I like the third one. I feel like by dropping the... the true? Like, they were always in the scrolls. They were always though, in the scrolls. Yeah, they're they always, were always, always, in, the they're always in the scrolls. But they're, in, they're okay. always in the title crawl, but they're say, never in the actual I remember, title. I remember them being that way before the prequels. Yeah, no, they are just never. They were just never in the actual title until after the prequels, and then they started referring to them as episode 4, episode 5, episode 6 again to bring them all in line. Well, somebody did, but well, it wasn't yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so no, Maybe, I think it might have been George Lucas to himself from yeah. his George Lucas bunker that you know he has. <laughs> it's underneath the Skywalker Ranch, yeah. It's the Skywalker bunker. It is the Skywalker bunker. It's the Sky Bunker. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I know. I made a face right yeah. after I said that because <laughs> I realized that I said that. <laughs> Felt a little uncomfortable about that. Um, well, most things that George Lucas would do underground probably would make, make you, you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. So I, I mean, I think it's good. I think it kind of drops the associ- any association with the prequels i mean it, you know it, it doesn't uh, subconsciously connect the dots for people um it sounds more like an original trilogy title um but again i like i also Please. but i also full, like i am a thousand percent sure it's going to have a title crawl and it will say episode seven at the top like i'm sure it they're not going to suddenly pretend like they don't have episode titles i think they're just not putting it in the active title uh, it'll of the i mean it's yeah it's whatever yeah. It, it's all moot it doesn't right matter. well i mean i think the other thing is uh you know, they're really looking to expand this entire Star Wars universe. Which makes absolutely no sense. Why not? Why don't, why don't you like because that? Because it was expanded a long time ago by everyone. You mean like the books and the, the comics books and everything and the else? Comics. And, and by games, the way, yeah. what did they do when they decided they wanted to make Episode Seven? Oh, they made almost all of that non-canon. Yeah, that's exactly what they did. In so, fact. is this a... I mean, is this Winter Soldier? Sometimes... Building a new world means tearing down the old one. I mean, yeah, a little bit. I think no, so. No, this is a stupid title. Well, this, this is a stupid title with stupid. Yeah, see, Nemo agrees with me. <laughs> see, I think uh, I think dropping the numbers means they're not that... dropping the numbers. No, no, no. In the titles, I mean, in the actual titles of movies, because otherwise, you end up with, you know, you we end up at episode nine, and then episode like no one wants to go see Star Wars twelve. That's a joke. That's a joke title. You know. So forty-two Jump Street. Yeah, exactly. So just leaving it a little more. Uh, it just, it's just it's just Star Wars because then they, they you know, maybe it doesn't have to draw quite a, such a hard line distinction between well, there's this trilogy of movies and then there are these other side movies that they're doing. Uh, which those are the ones that I'm really excited about. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I'm excited about this, you know, episode seven or the Force Awakens. We can start calling it the Force Awakens. I, I guess. am not going to do that. TFA. Star Wars TFA. That's worse to me. <laughs> what do you think, Jamie? Um, I was about, I was like three weeks from making, starting to make those jokes, by yeah. the way. I mean, the only thing it makes me interested in is like, why does the Force have to awaken? Because like when, <laughs> no, but I mean that in a good way. Because like when we, you know, last saw our heroes, everything was all like well and good for the Force. And like the Jedi had won and the Sith were conquered. And so that to me seems to say things have gone badly yeah. since the last time we saw it. Well, and something's got to go wrong. I mean, I, Yes, but, <laughs> you know, so that's a kind of, but, like, 
something doesn't have to have gone wrong in between movies. Yeah. Something could, like, there could have been, like, a hundred years of peace since the last movie, and now we're, something bad is going to happen mm-hmm. at the very beginning of this movie. Right. And mm-hmm. that's what's going to start it off. This makes me think something bad has already happened, and maybe the Jedi have gone underground in the sky bunker. Yeah. And now the they need bunker. to, <laughs> and now, you know, maybe no one's using the Force anymore or something. It's like a dead language. And well, yeah, so no, I agree. I'm, I'm interested in that. It does make me interested to, to think, where are we going to be when this movie picks up? Yeah, and I've heard from you know many times over that um, you know, and again, I think this is a big part of why they sort of struck all of those books and stuff as as uh, take them out of the canon is that uh, as opposed to like in in all those books, the the mm. new status quo becomes oh they tear down the empire and they build the new republic and they like institute this new you know peaceful form of government and they rebuild the Jedi Order and the whole thing and. and down 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 but what i from what i understand it seems like we're that is not going to be the case here um that even though the emperor was killed and the star destroyed and the death star was destroyed whatever that the empire maybe didn't necessarily crumble like instantaneously as it was sort of implied and everyone is sort of always assumed coming out of jedi Mm. um and i think you're right about the jedi being sort of inactive if you think about it this way you know Everything, all of that bullshit, like all of the the drama, all of the the conflict that you know came out of the you know in that like, in world, it, it's all because of the Jedi. Like I would totally, very easily believe that you know a large part of the galaxy just holds the Jedi responsible for everything that happened, the crumble of the old Republic and the galaxy. Yeah, yeah, would probably seem to them a pretty okay. Yeah, everything was fine. Yeah. And then these Jedi <laughs> fucked around and then we ended up with this like death empire being basically run by a bunch of, by a couple of asshole Jedi. Like nobody wants the Jedi around anymore. I would totally buy that. That seems like a perfectly see, but, reasonable place to, see, but, position okay. to come out from. Here's the other reason I think it's a stupid title. Cause if all of that is true, mm-hmm. which is all fine. Um, if you look at the old titles, yeah. they've always been about concrete events. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, A New Hope. A New quite... Hope. No, but that's about a rebellion. Yes. It's a thing about the rebellion. That's sure. That's a real, well, real world, whatever, worlds, yeah. I don't know, um, event. The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. That's an event. Uh, you know, it's a... It's it's a political force it's sure. moving. It's a it's a concrete thing. It's not the Force Awakens. <laughs> well, like some people were pointing out that um, like in a way they all kind of parallel because it's like Phantom Menace and A New Hope are both kind of like vague ethereal things. Um, Attack of the Clones and um, Empire Strikes Back yeah, yeah. are similar, but and then Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi, Jedi are similar. Yeah, right. But so in that sense, The Force Awakens almost fits because it's a vague ethereal thing. Yeah. And it's all the, right. and okay. it's the okay. first one in the new batch. You all know? right. I'll buy so, that. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. That makes actually sense. That's some sound logic you got there, lady. Thanks. I stole mm. it from a commenter on a website. Good job. <laughs> That's why I said somebody said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I I, I, I give credit where it's due. I just don't know who to give it. To, to That's the problem to give it. When, when, with the internet is we all keep reading things and yeah. can't remember. Well, yeah, it all, it all just becomes sort of uh, yeah. homogenized. Like, oh, there's a hodgepodge of random no, comments no and ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're all turning our brains into human wikis. But I'd also, I'd, I'd kind of rather that. I like... <laughs> I like the discussions and the theories and the, like, what could happen more than I like spoilers. You know, I hate spoilers, yeah. but I like 
because, I mean, that's what, you know, me and my nerdy friends used to do in between Harry Potter books, you know? It was, like, try to figure out what yeah. was going to happen in the next one and, like, launch theories and stuff like that. And that's fun. I like that. Absolutely. Mm. It passes the time in between installments of yeah. stuff you're excited about. Speaking of things we're excited about, um, I, Bart and I, I know, I, I, I don't know if this is true of you. I've never really asked you, I don't think. But I know Bart and I are both kind of uh, sort of fans of film scores. You know, we like we both like oh, to I love listen me to. A good, I love me a good yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, just the nice old I, I have many thoughts on Interstellar's film score. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm very excited to hear them. Um, <laughs> it's really just one thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it wasn't Zimmer. It's a very strong thought, but it's one. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's it's a singularity, if you will. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh, I see what you did there. Um, and that no light escapes from it. Okay, good. This is true. Um, so uh, the score uh, for uh, Dawn of Justice. Um, Does it exist? Is it Batman, out there? Super, no, it's not, it doesn't exist. It's not out there. They're still Who working on it? it right now. So uh, uh, Hans Zimmer did the score <sighs> for Man of Steel. I'm sick of Hans Zimmer. He also did the score for Nolan's Batman movies with James Newton Howard. Right. Um, well, for some of them. I don't uh, think it was for all of them. I think No, I think he gets a credit on all three. I know he does for the first two. I'm pretty sure he does for the third one, too. No, anyway. Um, but... Uh, so they, Snyder wanted him to come back to work on Batman v Superman, and uh, he was like, yeah, no, I read an interview, and he was like, yeah, no, I was kind of torn about it, because, you know, I wanted to keep doing the stuff that we had done for Man of Steel, like, I wanted to continue doing that, but I also felt a little conflicted because of all of the, you know, the stuff that we had done for Chris Nolan and that Batman, and I didn't want to sort of just, you know, retread that, um... So instead, what he's done is he said, "Look, I'll do all the Superman scores, and we'll and we'll hire somebody else to do all the Batman stuff." So you're gonna have two different composers doing like the score for each of the the two characters. It's either there. a great idea or a really terrible idea. Well, here's the thing that I think is really interesting. Who'd they get? Junkie XL. Oh Christ! Again? Yeah. That's like the one thing on the Man of Steel trailer that I really, really dislike. Yeah. I was trying to look up uh, who, what other scores he's done. Tom Holkenborg. That's a much better name than Junkie XL. Tom Holkenborg. Yeah. Holkenborg. Tom Holkenborg. Holkenborg. Holkenborg smash. Holkenborg is like Shake and Bake. He does a lot of games. He, oh, so, he did additional music on Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah, um, he did, which is the one thing that I, like in my iTunes playlist for Dark Knight Rises, I have unchecked that. Oh, yeah. Because it sucks. <laughs> um, he also did the score for the upcoming uh, Mad Max movie, Fury Road, which I'm really excited about. By himself? Yeah. I'm sensing a theme. Yeah. I did, had, did, did, you, did, we, did you ever see 300 and Rise of an Empire? Uh, I did not. I heard it was pretty good, though. Huh. I heard it was. I heard it was actually, like, better than you thought it was going to be, kind of thing. Well, that's for funny. a sequel to a movie, movie that's that like required, ten years old. That required that, yeah. no sequel. Exactly. Um, but no, a lot of people actually kind of walked away being like, "Hey, you know, that was that was actually pretty good." So I've been meaning to catch up with it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Is, but does, like, does it exist on smaller media yet? I'm sure it does. Yeah, oh, I'm sure okay. it's out. Yeah, I can watch that at some point. Uh, but no, I, I like the idea of two sort of dueling composers there um you know it kind of I mean, you know, underscores that concept of the two heroes sort of at war so it, it either like i said it's either gonna work really well yeah. and you'll get kind of a 
Tchaikovsky, Peter and the Wolf, light mm-hmm. motif kind of thing happening, or it will be an awful train wreck where half the music will be good and half of it will be shit. Well, but I, the, it's interesting you said Peter and the Wolf because that's exactly what I was about to say was a talented composer should be able to do that on their own. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't have to bring in a second person. Yeah. And I feel like it would – they can be competing but cohesive all at the same time. And oh, sure. And if you really want it to be cohesive, I feel like you do need just one person, kind of, no pun intended, orchestrating the whole thing. <laughs> so I mean, it happens a lot with – or I don't know if it happens a lot, but to yeah. my knowledge anyway, my admittedly limited knowledge, it happens with video games a lot. Yeah, um, no, it does. I, the, the Final Fantasy scores, which are always a, kind of a benchmark – in the video game world come to mind where for years and years it was one man it was uh uematsu and he made some very memorable yeah. melodies and then you know as time wore on because that franchise had been around forever he sort of gave up the go- gave up the ghost no he yeah. just sort of decided that he didn't really want to do it anymore mm-hmm. i guess and do his own thing and so they started bringing in other people but he still did some and you can tell yeah some of it's great and some of it is shit yeah they're gonna be very different sounds i mean zimmer and junkie i mean they've worked together a little bit but like yeah I mean, that's not. I wouldn't put them in the same category. Of no, I mean style, Z- Zimmer. You know? Zimmer gets around. Yeah, and he and well, he and he collaborates a lot. I was going to say he collaborates a lot, especially these days. He yeah. really is sort of. Uh, but but the thing is that you can always tell his fingerprints. Yeah. Are immediately recognizable. I mean, listen to the Tron soundtrack. Yeah, it's Daft Punk, but yeah, but I mean, Hans is all over that. Yeah. Well, let's see. He's sort of always uh, infamous at this point for sort of like he comes up with the. Like, the 20-second riff that you will hum walking out of the movie and then leaves all the rest of it to somebody else. Yeah, and there's usually... It's... Everything that he writes, yeah. every single thing that he writes, makes me think of trains. trains. It's always like a locomotive. Like, think about the drums. Yeah. The deep drums in... Oh, yeah. In, in Man like, of Steel, yeah. No, no, no. Not... Well, that too, actually. Mm-hmm. But I was... Like, like when he did it in uh, Batman Begins, and then you get that bum bum bump bump thing just forever for yeah. fucking three movies mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of other movies that copied it that's true and it's like oh god it's never <laughs> just stop just stop do something else well uh that's why a... that's why i think bear is actually better yeah i'm a big fan of bear mccurry i think i mean he, he does, does great he, he does too much with with certain things too yeah but... well everyone's got their yeah piccadillos well some of the new marvel guys bates is good yeah um, uh, I like Brian Tyler. A Brian lot. Tyler's Brian Tyler's done some good things. Yeah. Well, and that's what I, you know. I'm curious to see. Like, I'm actually excited for for Ultron. Who did they get? Do um, we know? I think it's Brian Tyler again. Huh. Um, but the the you know the thing about it, uh, the thing about Avengers is like it doesn't really have a. a it, when you first walk out, you don't really like. Oh, they have like a theme. You no, don't walk they out totally, like coming a theme song. The first, the first no, 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 Avengers, they do. They totally do. But I feel like it. It only comes in in a couple of times, and it, it's part of the sort of uh, structure of the movie. Well, is that's... like it doesn't. They don't play it until those moments where everyone's together. Right, right. Well, that's, so that happens that's, a couple of times. I think that's who Silvestri. Uh, I think I think maybe. it's Alan, I think it's Alan Silvestri. Yeah, I'm might pretty be. sure that he did the first Iron Man or uh, Captain America. I think he did Cap 1. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, which is why I feel like there was some Cap theme coming in when mm-hmm. Cap was by himself and oh, nobody sure. else got them in that score. Yeah, but. I was going to say, mo- a lot of the Marvel heroes don't really have super identified. Like, Iron Man doesn't really have... Well, Iron Man has, after, after has Iron, Man, Iron Man. After Iron Man 3, he, he has does. Ozzy. No, 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 no. After, after no. Brian Tyler's... Yeah, I was going to say, his score Iron Man in 3, Iron Man 3, I think, He is my totally favorite. has a yeah. theme, and I but hope But going into Avengers, in. he doesn't No, he, he doesn't didn't have one. But I really love his theme music from... Iron Man three a lot. Yeah, 
Um, Thor doesn't really have an identifiable theme. Thor's not. Um, Hulk doesn't either. So it's like, you know, it's interesting that they've got to sort of have their own. I like, I like the, the theme riff there from, uh, from Avengers. I'm curious to see how they tweak that and how they play with that, uh, going forward. So, um, Anyway. But back on the DC side, you know, the other interesting thing on uh, coming out of DC this week, and I asked for... Jared. Yeah, Jared Leto. Exactly. I actually asked for uh, uh, some questions online. I said, oh, hey. really? I said, hey, people, we're going we're gonna to podcast Interstellar today. Does anyone have any questions about Interstellar or, like, other things that happened this week? Um, you and actually got something? I got a couple. Uh, and my, my friend Ben Stockman said, you know, he wanted to know what, what our thoughts were on this idea that Jared Leto is being pursued to play the Joker in Suicide Squad. I think he's a perfectly decent choice, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I have never, like, I haven't followed his career or anything. Did you, did you see uh, Dallas Buyers <clears throat> yet? I haven't. Um, but, I mean, I know that the guy, I mean, I've seen Requiem. I mean. Sure. Well, I mean, I know who he is. Yeah. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. My problem with it is that I don't think the Joker should fucking be in a suicide movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I no, mean? We, that's the other, we, and we talked about this a little bit uh a week or two ago uh, about how Suicide Squad sort of traditionally has been kind of not second tier villains basically it's not it hasn't been uh, the Jokers and the Lex Luthers but if if this is true if they really are going after Ledger if they really are going after Jesus if they really are going after Leto uh, (coughs) for Joker then they're not fucking around here. I mean, like I said, this is the first thing that's going to come out See, after this, Batman v Superman. So. I think this is a really bad idea for DC. Yeah. Um, just tactically, because what they're, I mean, like it or not, the fact of the matter is they are in a position of playing a hell of a lot of catch up. Yeah. With Marvel. Yeah. And um, you don't do that. You don't build a universe by sticking with the same group of people forever. Mm-hmm. And Marvel knows that. I mean, that's why we got Guardians, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why they're branching out into you know lesser characters. I mean, the Avengers themselves, yeah, are we're all we're second tier, yeah, absolutely. Before it, you know, before this, yeah, this iteration of them. Well, and I think it's interesting. It's you're right. They really are. You know, if it's true, DC really is sort of doubling down on this concept of doing the inverse Marvel, which is like not only are we going to introduce all of our heroes basically in one movie and then spin them out individually. But the next thing they're going to do right after that is introduce all the villains in one movie and then spin them out later. So it's like we – the idea that we would meet the Joker in a movie that doesn't have Batman in it is really intriguing, uh, particularly the concept of, you know, having to then go back and, like, have him show – like, I mean, they don't have a Batman movie slated. So I guess that's – I thought they did. They don't have a, an individual Batman movie slated on oh, right now. Oh, I read something else. No. I read that they said by, I don't know, I mean, at some point in the He's not comparatively in their, distant future. Yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, they're going to do it. Their concrete slate between now and 2020 does not have a, doesn't have a Batman standalone movie, and it doesn't have a Superman standalone movie. It just has them in uh, Justice League movies. I swear to God, I read something that said that they were going to do something no. with that. And I think, honestly, I feel like that might be... Um, a big part of how they were able to get somebody like Affleck to do, to step in as Batman uh, with the concept of that. He's not going to be anchoring a franchise for the next like six years or something like that. You know, like he will be, I mean, obviously he's going to be a crucial part of, of justice league, but he's going to be one of five people there, you know, like the whole, it's like the whole movie doesn't live and die by him. So he's going to, he'll have an easier schedule on those movies. 
than if he was just doing Batman standalones. So yeah. Um, so I was thinking earlier about the idea of like, okay, but what happens when we end up with a Jared Leto facing off against Ben Affleck? Like that seems like a very a kind of a weird pairing. But yeah. we may never see that happen. Is the thing. Unless, unless the Joker becomes, you know, they spin him back into the uh, the Justice League movies at some point, which is perfectly possible. I mean, that's fine. I feel like, uh, I mean, the Joker would feel like kind of a minor part of a Justice League movie. He's not very, he doesn't feel worthy of the Justice League, you know? You want, like, that big no. intergalactic threat or some, like, world-ending yeah, calamity. Yeah, I mean, you need that's, Brainiac or yeah, Darkseid. Or Luther. Or fucking... I mean, even Lex Luthor seems like, okay, he could do some terrible shit joker's always been very kind of small time to us you know well to he's, a certain degree. he's a big batman villain and yeah no, no but and his, nothing else his threats never extend outside of gotham you no, know not no yeah no That's so true. i mean it seems like I, mean, I don't know what they're doing yeah i don't Dude. know i don't know what they're doing but it feels directionless mm-hmm. and maybe it will i mean maybe when I was about to call it justice league but it's yeah. not justice league when it's the dawn of justice league. when the dawn of the day of the crap comes out hey the then... force awakens the dawn of justice of the planet <sighs> <of the Apes. laughs> um so it looks like pixar is going to be uh pitching or launching a fourth toy story movie um why yeah that's kind of how i feel about it too i feel like you know toy story 3 is fantastic i love that movie. i think i've seen that one once and i don't remember everything about it it's, that's okay it's really, really I, rem- I, rem- good. I remember it being good yeah. but more importantly it ends on that perfect note where the toy the andy hands all the toys off to the little girl and now they have a new owner who's like young and who will play with them and i mean yes it like very much sort of opens the door for a fourth movie and for more adventures but you know i was actually i've thought about this a couple times you know disney has done this other thing instead uh, in the years since Toy Story three, mm-hmm. um, which is that you know, they just do, they do these occasional little Toy Story shorts. Oh, they you know? do. Yeah, they. Oh, do, I didn't even know that. Occasionally, they'll they sometimes they do them. It'll be like before a Pixar movie, there'll be a Toy Story short. But really, what they've been mostly doing are like seasonal, like holiday shorts that they air on ABC. Oh, I so didn't like know. Like a that. Halloween special or a Christmas special. It's like a half-hour bit, like a half-hour thing. Huh. Um, How have they been? They've been pretty good, actually. One of them had Carl Weathers as a like a G.I. Joe guy. As himself? Yeah, it was great. Uh, Combat Carl. He was Combat Carl. Oh, that's hilarious, um, actually. Yeah, exactly. But, like, that's, that's all I kind of want out of Toy Story. Like, I don't necessarily feel like I need another big long toy story movie i just these occasional drop-ins i feels like that's all that's all it needs to be i know it seems like oh you love it it was so great and we the characters are so beloved but if it ends so perfectly like just let it end yeah walk away yeah i mean i I get more and more worried about you know pixar's just sort of increasing obsession with sequelizing their their older properties Facebook was making us think for a second that Macaulay Culkin was dead, but apparently it's one of those oh-so-lovely hoaxes. That's Jesus. such a mean thing to hoax yeah, about. Jesus. Like, I hate the way the internet has decided that, like, celebrity deaths is the fun thing to, like, create hoaxes about. Especially, like, younger celebrities. I know. It's like they have families and they have friends who probably see that and are freaking out. Exactly. Not to mention how weird it must feel if you were the actual person. You're yeah. Like I'm not dead. Why yeah. does everyone? Especially seeing a headline like dead? that on a legit, like it's MSNBC, like a legitimate, yeah. you know, 
I think, resource. I think if someone decided to hoax my death and I was not aware of it, yeah. I really do think I'd laugh. <laughs> I think I think I'd be like, oh. And I think I'd, Oh, am I? No, no, no. I, you know what I might do? What might you do? I might take a little vacation. Just be like... <laughs> Like, uh, see, I'm now, gonna hide out for a while. I did anyway. I'll yeah, just it's go fine. To the it's like I'm just gonna like hop. On, no, no planes. I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna stay home and like catch up on my Netflix for a while. <laughs> it's like no one will bother me. They think I'm dead. Oh no! See, I think it'd be funny if you did go on vacation and then you come back and you just act all innocent. Like I wasn't dead. I was just on vacation, guys. Come on. See, now I'm not gonna be able to believe any anyone telling me you're dead. Fifty years from now. Something's gonna happen. Like, Bart, Bart, no, no, Bart, no, 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 no. Bart died to see, but I'm gonna go show me the body no, no, because no, I, I would, don't believe I would, it anymore. I would, I would tell the people that I care about, <laughs> and I would have a good laugh with them, and I might toast my own death because I'm just like that. Sorry, Nemo. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but I, but I might take the opportunity to be like, mm, to peace out for a couple of days, like, uh, take just a relax. Mi- I'm gonna take a minute, let the IRS <laughs> catch up, like, uh, pay with things like cash. Just cash for a few days. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um. So okay, Macaulay Culkin still alive. That's good. Do you remember those commercials for the the like tape the recorder noise. that he carried the talk around? Boy. The yeah, talk the talk boy. boy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Everybody wants. You can talk be boy. as clever as Kevin with the talk boy XL. I did God. want that. Yeah, and they made a talk girl that was pink. I think pink. Of and purple. course they did. Of course they did. Because the regular gray one won't fit in my hand or something. I won't have the strength to press the buttons. But with your weakly feminine fingers. It's true. No, I need think... a special pink and purple talk girl. It's like the '90s yeah. version of gender equality. Yeah. yeah. Look, we made one for both. We made a special one just for you with colors you like. Aren't we thoughtful? It's like Doma. They should like, have. At they the time, <laughs> it was progress. They should have. They, they, they should have. They should have. should have. The early '90s. It was like, look, just let them have civil unions, okay? We've given you Doma. Well, now let's pave the way for civil unions. It was the same thing, but separate. They should have colored it brown. Oh my oh, god! See, he just made it worse. That's all I do. And, oh, wow, this took, this this conversation took a turn. Internet, you should know that Bart technically qualifies as brown. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant like brown, not not the color brown, the case. I was trying to reference the case. <laughs> technically, I think he qualifies as yellow. I don't even have words. <laughs> what am I? I'm a rotten banana. I'm brown and yellow now. Yep, that's true. Great. We've also broken my wife. <laughs> Well, oh my god. This Week in Racism, brought to you by Macaulay Culkin, still alive. <laughs> okay. A couple of other quick hits here. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, oh, I see what you did. Bringing, bringing back uh, the $6 million man to be known as the $6 billion man. Because, you know, inflation. Inflation, inflation and <laughs> shit. $6 million will not buy you robot limbs Yeah, these exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So they're 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 gonna bring this back as a as a movie. Peter Berg uh, is gonna direct, I think, um, who did Hancock and Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. And, uh, I just want new things. <laughs> Can we have a new thing? Well, which speaking of, did you guys see there was a Ghostbusters reunion? I did. And I haven't, after, I haven't watched the damn they video. They were yet. asking about Ghostbusters three, and Bill Murray was like, you know, commenting on it. And then he was like, well, I guess it's okay because... And then he looked right at the camera and he was like, no one can come up with any original ideas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bill Murray. Right? Yeah, I mean, look, there's just... There's these, there's these pre-established properties just lying around, not doing anything. You might as well make some money off them, right? Throw Mark Wahlberg in there. Yeah, why not? See, but that's There are a also, lot of reasons why not. That's also one of those things, though, that I think 
we complain about as sort of endemic to the current times yeah when it isn't oh no absolutely you know like think of how many movies you love that you find out years later like especially stuff you watched as a kid that you're like oh i love that movie like father of the bride and then you find out when you're like 20 that that's a remake yeah you know it's like you didn't know because like when did everyone sit you down and be like, you should watch this Spencer Tracy movie? No right. one did that, yeah. you know? So it's like, sometimes mm. if you, sometimes like remaking it is a good good thing in that sense, you know? It does introduce it to new audiences and it does find its own place for that current generation. Well, that's always been my position on remakes too, is that, you know, the stuff that you should remake is not the stuff that used to be really popular and... It's the stuff that was crappy before yeah, and you'd make and it that good people this will time. still recognize. Yeah, it's like, oh, I remember that title or that movie or whatever. It's like, that's like, if, you, if somebody made that movie once and it was good, you don't need to do it again. You should be folk, you should be remaking you movies. Father of the Bride with Spencer Tracy was not good. I've never seen it, but it's no, probably no, no. awesome. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that was, I'm, and that's not to take anything away from the Steve Martin movie, but I'm saying like, remaking a movie... Like, you know, there's no reason... You don't need to remake The Godfather. They already made The Godfather, and it was will, perfect. Though. It'll I, probably well, be a mini you, know you know what they should do? They should just remake Godfather 3. <laughs> just that one. I'd be okay with that. Um, if I ran a movie studio, you know what I would do? What would you do? I would re-release movies that I had already released at just the right time that the people who saw them before would remember how awesome they are and introduce them to their kids. Because uh, it wouldn't cost that much. Sure. I mean, you roll out Ghostbusters on the 30th anniversary. Yeah. You know? Right. right. I mean, it was a full house. Absolutely. No, people show up for that shit. Yeah. But was it or was it not a full house entirely full of people our age? There were kids in that audience. Were we kids. were talking about yeah, like, there, there were, were kids definitely kids who had like, never seen it before. Yeah, we were like, oh, this is great. Like, families are bringing their kids out to you know, yeah. see it. That was, that was fantastic. I'm yeah. saying you run the risk of only getting the nostalgia set. That's as fine. As opposed to getting everybody. Yeah, but the thing is, it, yeah, like, it, it can't cost that much to re to. It probably costs a lot for the theaters, though. So, you want them to make if you, more well, if you do money. It, like, for the if theaters, you do they it in, need the audience to be as big as possible. Well, like, depending right, on which it, theater it is. Maybe if you do it in, in like, in the off season. Yeah. Like, in the fall, when everything's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> January and February. Perfect for that. Yeah. The other thing here is, uh, is the Steve Jobs movie. Um, yeah, we need a movie about Steve Jobs. We do. Clearly, we and need another. another. We need a third Steve Jobs movie. Are there three now? Well, this would be... I know there's Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, there's Ashton Kutcher. And then if you... But there's a long time there's ago, Silicon Valley movie, with yeah. Noah Wiley. Noah Wiley, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is... I love that movie. I think it's I've great. I've never actually seen that one. Oh, it's good. I watched, I'm not going to watch the Ashton Kutcher one. I really liked it when it like first came out. I really loved that movie. I watched it again fairly recently, uh, and it still mostly holds up. It's still pretty good. Okay. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so they're getting this third one. Aaron Sorkin is writing it, which I'm really excited about. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. It is, he's sort of, what What I think is really interesting, Danny Boyle's going to direct, which is also really exciting. It's definitely um, a thing. The, the structure of the movie is really cool. Um, it's sort of based vaguely on the Walter Isaacson uh, uh, biography of mm. him. Sorkin's doing this really interesting thing with the structure where instead of trying to do like, you know, Job's whole life. Yeah. Um, he's doing it's three distinct moments, and it's all uh, product launches. Um, so the first, so basically the whole movie is like three long scenes, um, and one of them is the right before the launch of the the original the Mac. Mac. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second one is I think the launch of uh, 
his uh, other company there next. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. When he left Apple. Yeah. Um, and then the third one is, I think, the launch of the iPod. Or it's the iPod or the, the iPhone. I- or the iMac. It's one, it's one of the modern it's eras. pod or phone, and I was about to say yeah. it's definitely the iPod. And then I think I it's the iPod, too. I paused myself and thought maybe I was wrong about no, that. No, I think it's the iPod because that was really the, you know, when Apple really turned it around was the iPod. Yeah. Um, so I think it's the, I think the iPod is the third one. Yeah. Um, so that, I, that, that structure is really interesting to me. I always prefer a biography movie that is just like, hey, let's just focus on this like one particular yeah, segment then, of a or right. just one uh, you know incident in a person's life, and let that you know sort of serve as a prism for everything else in their in their life. Mm. Um, but anyway, Christian Bale was supposed to play uh, Steve Jobs. He was sort of they were negotiating. He was sort of lined up, and uh, and then he bailed at the <laughs> last minute. See what I <laughs> see, see what I did there? Um, Dude, he, I can smell what you did. I there. know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he he dropped out. Um, yeah. which was, which is funny in that, uh, it was sort of quote unquote announced that he was doing it. And when I say it was announced, I mean, Aaron Sorkin gave an interview to, I think the wall street journal, like not an entertainment, uh, uh, outlet, it was wall street journal or Forbes or something like that. Do they have an entertainment section? I know they definitely do not. Okay. I used to have a subscription. But they definitely do not. Doing a lot of that lately, like they just did a big interview with Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Like, I don't really know what's going on with the Wall Street Journal right now. Very yeah, confused. Knows? Taylor Swift wrote an op-ed. Weird things Taylor are Swift happening. Taylor Swift wrote something. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> an op-ed about the music industry. Strange. Oh yeah. Oh, oh Spotify. Right. Strange. Strange. Yeah. No, no, this was way before that. Oh really? Way before that. Oh, okay. Um, but odd things are happening at the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Um, oh. But anyway, Sorkin gave an interview with the Wall Street Journal and was like, "Oh yeah, no, we, you know." Christian Bale's going to play Steve Jobs because we felt like we needed the best actor of that sort of uh, age range, of that sort of generation, and Christian Bale seems like he's just the guy you get. Is he? Well, and then, like, uh, t- like two weeks later, he dropped out. So you're like, okay, so now, uh, all, no matter who you who you choose now, it feels like there's no way to not see them as Sorkin's second choice. So we don't know who we're, who we're getting get right now. The first choice seems to be uh, Michael Fassbender. And I actually really like that idea. I think Fassbender is a better actor than Christian Bale. I'm just going to say that. I think he might be. I mean, I think they're... I think, I'd, lo- I'd love to see the two of them like go at it together in a movie. I think they'd be... like I'd love to see them bouncing off of each other. The other interesting part of the Jobs movie is... Uh, so, you know, the other big character there is Wozniak, Steve Wozniak. I love the Woz. I know, he's great. Um, I really hope Ooh. that they give him a cameo of some kind. I would love to see have Woz show up with just, like, be a bartender or something. I think it'd be really fun. Um, but before Bale dropped out, they were going after uh, Seth Rogen to play Woz. Oh, I can actually kind of see that. Yeah, no, I totally can. Uh, I would actually love to see... And I'd love to see him playing... I mean, I'm sure Waz will be kind of a comic reliefy type character, you know. Well, he's quite a zany human. Yeah, no, exactly. He's a goofball, you know. Um, so I, I you know, I, I'm sure that they want somebody with sort of some comedy chops, but I would love to see him playing more of a uh, like a Jonah Hill uh, in. That was my exact Moneyball thought that I was that I was yeah. just having was, I mean. Exactly, uh, Jonah Hill. Yeah, I would, but I'd love to see Seth. I feel Rogen like start I actually, but, but I feel like Rogan's a better choice. I mean, he looks more like the Waz. Oh no, absolutely. No, I would love. I, I think that's a great. I hope he sticks around. Um, I think he would still work just as well with Fassbender. So. Oh yeah, 
that's that's very exciting. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's I think that's all the news that's fit to you know discuss cast um, and some that probably isn't. Indeed. So let's talk Interstellar. Uh, all right, I'm not going to lead off on this one. Okay, <laughs> not that I ever do, but yeah. I really don't want to this time. Um, I have two taglines. Do you want them? I would love them. What all are right. they? Interstellar. Like signs, but we go to space instead of space coming to us. Interstellar, if you liked the finale of Lost, you'll love this. <laughs> Seriously, that movie was signs. Which I haven't seen. That movie was signs. signs. I haven't yes. seen. Are you Elucidate, with signs? please. Okay. So, do you care if I spoil it a little? Okay, so what else? It's an M. Night Shyamalan, yes, right? Yes, it is. So there's, do you care if I spoil so it's the this and this and this and this and then twist it's that okay yeah. but, okay but before you say that uh, I should say we're gonna definitely spoil this movie I mean we always do but I want to make a particular note that we're gonna talk about stuff there's in this not movie. that much to spoil well no but there are some some you thought signs was twisty no I'm just saying there are some fun like uh, cameo reveals okay. that you know if you're gonna see this movie we're probably better served if you don't know them in advance so we're gonna talk about this stuff. Uh, you should have seen the movie if you're going to listen to this. So. so the twist, if you want to call it that in Signs, is it's not even really a twist. It's just like the nature of fate and things being there for a reason. So throughout the entire movie, everyone's got like strange little quirks. Like Joaquin Phoenix was a baseball player. He was an incredible hitter, but he had like the highest home run average on his team, but he also had the highest strikeout average because he just swung at everything. And because, like, it always seemed wrong not to swing, he says. Mm. Um, Abigail Breslin has, like, a weird quirk about her water. Like, she'll take three. She's very young in this movie. She's very young. She's, like, six. And she keeps taking two sips and then is too dusty. So she just, like, sticks it on the coffee table or something and goes to get another one. Like, she has just a weird thing about her water being perfect. So there's there's cups cups of water water everywhere all over the house. And, like, Rory Culkin has asthma. um, Things like that. So then when the aliens finally come and they actually encounter the aliens, like they try, they have this like toxic gas thing that they can spray at you, but Rory Culkin has asthma. So when they try to attack him, his lungs are closed because he's in the middle of an asthma attack. Um, It turns out they don't like water. So like Mel Gibson like tosses Joaquin Phoenix a bat and is like, swing away, Meryl. And he like starts smacking the glasses of water that are all over the house, like at the aliens. And it's how they protect themselves. So it's supposed to be this whole thing about like, recognizing the signs and things happening for a reason and stuff like that so the whole time that like Anne Hathaway was giving her whole speech about love and maybe love is the only thing we should trust and everything in my head I'm just thinking like swing away Meryl swing away (laughs) that's also the worst part of this movie it's the worst part of it but then it turns out that she's right of course and like so then when McConaughey is like going through the rooms once he's in like the weird little Space in the between book, the worlds and the, whatever, the bookshelf and pushing of the all the books away <laughs> and being like, "Love is gonna help me save everything." I was like, "Yep, this is signs." Like, see, love was the key all along. <laughs> and this is what I heard from multiple fronts going into the movie is mm. that, you know, the the space travel stuff all is really cool and like really works. Um, it's like the really heavy-handed emotional stuff that all kind of falls flat and drags the movie down. See, I didn't even think the space travel stuff worked. I felt like it was filmed in such a bizarre close-up way that I felt like I never had a sense of the geography of anything. Like, whenever the ship is spinning and they're moving from place to place in the ship, I felt like I never had a good sense of the geography of what their spaceship looked like, 
how what it was like to live in it what it was like to travel in it I felt like I just felt like I never had any sense of the space that I was in like never any proper sense of it that's fair I mean I think yeah I don't think that's that doesn't feel like something that was very important to them uh in the process yeah like that's it's annoying like no, 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 space no. is not important to your space movie no, no no i'm saying like you know because you don't really see them like living on the ship it's sort of like okay we're gonna now it's gonna take two years to get to saturn and cut to it's two years later like, even like that constant spinning and stuff like i never got a sense of why the ship needed to spin constantly and what was the point of it and oh, when really? they said can we turn off the spinning like why was it part of the power? Like, is that how it was generating power? No, Why was no, no, it spinning? no. The like, spinning, it just seemed very I assume that was for gravity Yeah, purposes. the spinning is a gravity thing. So this is a actually, and I should say, so the original pitch of this movie, and at one point this was going to be made by Spielberg, and Spielberg dropped out and Nolan stepped in. Oh. But, but it's so perfect. There's water, there's daddy issues, there's space. <laughs> Spielberg, that movie had your name all over it. It literally did. Um, Wait, but, but how, real quick, how was Spielberg in place? It was written by the Nolans. The original, it was like a pitch by Jonah Nolan, um and uh and it was based on uh kip thorne the the uh physicist um like he had basically come up with this story idea based on kip thorne's work with like black holes and other worlds and you know all, all this stuff um and yeah so it was going to be written by uh the nolan brother uh jonathan nolan and then Spielberg was going to direct it, and then he stepped out, and Chris Nolan came in, and they, they you know, did another work on the script. Um, but, uh, no, so the spinning thing, um, this, I mean, this is a real space travel thing, um, that, uh, you know, they've talked about this, you know, a lot, and you see it in lots of different movies. Um, uh, 2001, I think, does it, um, but the, you often see the design for uh, space stations and for uh, spaceships involve uh, an outer ring that rotates mm -hmm. because if you spin, you know, it's a very large ring and you and it, and it rotates and it spins, then it creates like basically a centrifugal force which can approximate gravity. Mm -hmm. So the idea is everybody is sort of walking along the outside of the ring. Um, but see, that's another thing though, like knowing that now, that's another thing I was thinking. I can't remember which scene. I just remember feeling like I had no idea how anything worked in that ship. Like obviously I'm not an astronaut or an astronomer, but I feel like in most movies you watch that involve space travel, you have yeah. more of a sense of like what different buttons do sure. and like why the astronauts are doing what they're doing and what their purpose is. And maybe it's because they talk more about it. Like, oh, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Okay, I'm doing it now. And they press a button and yeah. you know. But like with this one, I felt like I never understood why anyone was doing anything oh, on the see, ship. Like people are just pressing buttons. And I was like, what, is, what are you doing? Like what is going on? I don't feel like anyone put any thought into the geography or the science or anything. It was like, let's just sit in this space and press things and we'll be in a ship. See, I thought the – I had the exact opposite feeling, particularly about the rotating spaceship. Like when they first dock with the larger ship and then they start the, the rotation, you literally see them all just go from floating to, yes, and then to sitting and then they're walking around. So, like, I thought that was a great – because I, I sometimes get annoyed with – movies where it's where i feel like they're explaining it to the dumbest guy in the room mm -hmm. um and especially something like the gravity thing like the rotational gravity i feel like because i feel like that's been in enough other movies that you can uh sort of explain it visually without having to have a character vocalize explicitly what's happening so i actually really liked that moment because like it felt like yeah between, i got what was happening there's a difference between dumbing it down and acknowledging that like not everyone knows how to fly a spaceship yeah but I, I don't know. I just felt like I it 
because I felt so lost most of the time, it made me feel like no one had put any thought into it. Like, they were focused on their story, which I have other issues with. Yeah. Um, like, but they, they were so focused on, like, the quote-unquote story they wanted to tell that they didn't really, like, put much effort into the actual, like, technology of it or to making it feel like an actual realistic... The outside of that spaceship looked like it was held together with duct tape. What were those, <laughs> weird, what were those weird cloth-looking panels on the outside of the spaceship? I know, and it's always that... Driving that's... me crazy. It's like that fabric-y electric tape. Yeah. Like, that's what it looked like. It, it's, it's always that same shot of the camera, yes. like, right on the outside. The like, GoPro go, shot. Yeah, the GoPro down the length of, yes. the, of the ship. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Uh, no, I, I actually, one of the things I really liked uh, in the very, be, sort of in the beginning half is the, the sort of world that they're living in, the, the world that they've created, which yeah. I found really kind of interesting. Um, I think it's particularly... You know who else lived right next to a cornfield? Who's that? The family in signs. Oh, did they? Yes, they oh, did. okay. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> That's true. Um, the, but I, I, I thought it was interesting that they never give, they never put a year on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, they never say all they, I noticed well, that. they bitched about the 21st century. Uh, no, they, I think they, they, bitched, the 20th. The, they bitched about the 20th. 20th oh, the 20th. Century. That's yeah. right. The 20th. So all it is the is the 21st of the 20th century. century. Yeah. So it is some. I got a, I got a near future sense from Yeah, that. exactly. I, I mean, mean, he's driving a pickup truck. I was going to say most so. of the technology seemed very similar. Yeah, exactly. So it does, it feels like, yeah, maybe, you know, 25 years from now or something like that, like feels totally feasible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's no sense of, of how, what exact year it is. Um, and even when it later on sort of jumps, you know, farther into the future, you still don't see a lot of like crazy future technology and shit. So it's, it all feels very grounded, but at the same time, it's a world in which like the Yankees play in like a backyard farm baseball park you know like yeah. with wooden bleachers inside a farm like in, no in a cornfield i know no, no hot, hot dogs, dogs right so sad um, um can i just say by the way how much i loved the heavy-handed all we have to eat is corn like all you have to eat at the ball game is popcorn and then i don't know if you noticed but when older murph goes to have dinner with casey affleck yeah. they are literally only eating corn they have a big bowl of salad that has lots of lettuce leaves and just like whole ears of corn stuck yep. in amongst the lettuce and a corn and then souffle a, and a big and a cast iron thing, yeah. cornbread thing yep. and then when the little boy tries to get up the mom's like eat your fritter please and yep. i was like oh my god it's great um <laughs> hey I- monsanto how are you <laughs> Um, I also really liked the uh, idea that um, that schools were not were teaching that the Apollo landings had been faked. You know, like that's a that's a very particular thing to insert in your movie. Um, well, yeah. Well, in that, like, you know, this is a... That whole scene was a little... That whole scene was weird. With the I think it's just because we're supposed to see that, like, Matthew McConaughey is science-y and nobody else is (laughs) science-y anymore. Yeah, I mean... But it's just sort of like, really? I mean, I don't know if it's, like, a bigger commentary on, like, stupid things in textbooks. Yeah, that's how I felt. That's what I took away from it. Um, All the other crap they've got going on and they're worrying about whether or not the moon landing was fake to, like, bankrupt... Soviet Union. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. It's like when you're living. It was. <laughs> when Jesus. You, when you're living in a in a world which is sort of you know a little futuristic, a little post apocalyptic, where it's like, you know, there's a 
blight. I don't think it's post-apocalyptic. It's well, just no, apocalyptic. It's mid-apocalyptic. Yeah, mid-apocalyptic. Mid-apocalyptic. Uh, so, but though you've got this, you it's know, trans-apocalyptic. Thank you. <laughs> Through the apocalypse. Uh, across the, the apocalypse. The eye of the apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, but no, you, you know, crops are dying and like people are trying to come up with, you know, ways to, you know, so you've got sci- like science is very much an important who's to blame for your problems. Exactly. Right. <laughs> tell you who to be afraid of. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, the, you know, science, it's not like the whole world has turned their back on science. They need the science to figure out how to keep food growing. You know, um, it's just like that one particular thing that they, it seems like a very weird thing for them to turn on. Like, Oh space travel that must that was all bullshit you know like yeah and i'm i in, you're right like the the textbook controversy um where you know oh tech the state of texas orders you know more textbooks than any other state in the country so they get to dictate what goes in the textbooks to a certain degree um so the idea i feel like that like that was the first thing that i thought of when i heard that um, it just doesn't seem thematically cohesive with right exactly. If you, but I don't feel like that's how I'm supposed to necessarily interpret that. Like, oh, some crazy people don't think it would it happened, and now that's what they teach us. Like, I it felt like this is a world in which people no longer believe we went to the moon. Although he seemed well, really they, surprised about it, though, because well, he worked for NASA. But right. No, no, no. I, but the concept I, that someone I, would believe that we didn't go to the moon. I feel like they're just trying to like create a way to show you that he and Murphy believe certain things yeah, and that they are different mm-hmm. in that way. Oh, sure. And that was the way they chose to do it. I just don't think it was particularly effective because mm-hmm. like you said, in that kind of society, you would be relying on science. You would be relying on technology yeah. to try to figure out ways to, to fight the blight, to make the crops grow better and exactly. stuff like that. So it seems very unlikely that somebody would suddenly be – picking apart the moon landing yeah you know like it just i don't i just don't think it worked very well yeah so we go out to space um sure do we we've got a, so we've got a couple different worlds we're here. watching we're watching gravity again. yeah um we've got a couple different worlds that they visit here um which what was your favorite of the well hold on Bef- before we go to the worlds, yeah i have to say something about the butt kickers. The butt kickers. The butt yeah, kickers. They, were, they the... were in full force today. It was man. awesome. Yeah. It's like I can't think of another movie where I have really enjoyed the fact that Jordan's seats fucking shake. Well, there yeah. was another but that one, was great and now today. I'm trying to remember which one it was because I grabbed your coffee cup at one point because mm. was it, it was rattling? like ricocheting yeah, yeah. against the thing. But at least your coffee, and I, like, I grabbed it and held it up. And the reason I did that so fast is because I have a metal water bottle. And there was some other movie we watched yeah. at Jordan's where I had my metal water bottle in the cup holder. And I had to keep grabbing it. And I don't remember if it was Ender's Game or what it was. Yeah, but it was I kept, rattling around like or a if it was gravity or what. It was but something it just, that involved like, spacecraft just, Yeah, because it just would not stop. Like every two seconds there was some scene that would set off the vibrations in the seats. And then the whole like metal thing would be like. And I would have to like pick it up out of the cup holder really fast because it made such a noise yeah i don't know i think that i love that factor was awesome today absolutely like like i i really enjoyed how much they played off the in space no one can hear the screen how quiet i loved the quiet space thing i wrote a lot of no sound in space which is great yeah it's great and i think they did a really good job audio mixing that yeah maybe they and i mean this was my complaint i said earlier about the score and maybe 
they were just trying to play up those differences between the quiet and space, I felt the score was, like, way too amped way too much of the time. Oh, yeah. Like, I felt like it was all peak Snow Valleys. Yeah, I know. I, I it drove score. me crazy. I'm no, just, no, no, I know. Yeah. And I'm yeah. just, like, to me, though, it seems connected because I'm like, well, maybe that was a conscious choice because they're trying to play up the contrast between the silence of space and using the score to, like, make that contrast. But I just thought, like, constantly it was like, they want me to be afraid 24 yeah. hours a day. Like, it was just constantly, like, da, 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 bad things are about to happen. And it was so <laughs> loud. I was it was, say, like, over the dialogue most yeah. of the time. Yeah, was like, that, stop it. That's a real good point. There were yeah. times, I, like, when Michael Caine was dying, mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck he was saying. Yeah, yeah I had trouble part of I it. Felt like, I couldn't hear what people were saying. Like, the whole time, people, I don't know if you want to ruin it yet, we're having an argument on the ice planet. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm straining to hear what they're even saying. Can we call it Hoth? Yeah, right. <laughs> Can we please? We, yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's fair. Um, no, I agree. And actually, the score here, like the and only water times, world, the <laughs> water world, water world and Hoth. Yeah, uh, the only time the score really jumped out at me was yeah, that where I was thinking like there was never a moment that jumped out where I was like, oh yeah, this music is great. Every time I like the, I noticed the score. I was going, what is, what, is, what, the fuck is happening right now? Like, what is this music? The cues, there were so many key, like music cues. It just seemed like, like it felt like temp music score. It was like, oh, we're just using yeah, no, music was... for some other movie to like put music under this so it doesn't sound so awkward. But it didn't actually seem to be connected to what was happening on screen. Was there was there was one, and I'm trying to remember what it was, where it uh, somebody was watching video yeah. of somebody and the audio came with it like the the music came yeah. with it i don't remember what it was messages? probably i don't yeah. remember now oh you know he's yeah when he's listening to all the 20 years worth of videos and then when they end the music cuts when the oh video ends. that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's it yeah yeah um speaking of though the 20 years of video messages can you explain to me because i don't think i got it at the time if the time on earth is gonna pass quickly relative to their time on the surface of the planet yeah regardless why did they choose to have him stay just because he said he wanted the time to analyze stuff like why did they have that one guy stay up in orbit oh yeah they went down like just because he said he He, wanted some time to analyze things he wanted to he wanted to spend the time i was uh, like this seems like there's no purpose like you're gonna lose the time regardless so why are you splitting up? no he wanted he wanted the time to analyze the black hole a couple years to analyze whatever yeah he wanted to analyze the black hole which was the whole thing of like why they you would wanted to send the robot in later was they were trying to get information out of the black hole to you know overcome this time dilation thing that again is another time where i felt like i had no sense of like before i felt like i had no sense of geography no sense of place and this one i felt like i had no sense of time yeah because it seemed like they were only on the planet for like an hour or two and there was no sense that like more time had passed than that yeah because it seems like the storm happened very quickly like as soon as they landed they realized that things were wrong and they realized that the woman was dead and they realized that the planet was all water and that the wave was coming straight for them. They tried to get away. The engines got waterlogged. What's-his-face said it would take 45 minutes for the engines to drain. Yeah. So I'm in my head thinking, like, okay, max, by the time the engines drain, they've been on this planet for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. So that's, like, 10 years. And then they get up and the guy says they've been gone for the equivalent of 23 years. And I was just like, how? When? Like, you well, didn't do anything. There was no cut 
or no conversation that happened that made me think they had actually been on that planet for what would be over three hours. Yeah, Did I... Did it take them that long to land? That's like, what I, I was don't, thinking. Like, but even then, like, were they... How long does it take a spaceship to land? Were they floating in the atmosphere for, like, two hours well, before they finally landed? No, 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 but it's not just, like, on the surface of the planet. It's, like, the whole planet... Uh, think of it as, as they get close yeah exactly which is why the the ship had to be uh far out so you know the ship is on the edge of where the time distortion happens and they basically go all the way from the ship down to the surface and then back up again so if you figure like yeah you could take an hour to get down and then you're on the surface for an hour and then an hour to get back i you guess know? i just felt like there was too much like we really want this like moment of oh my god they've been gone for 23 years but we're not gonna like do anything to make you feel like that yeah before we've presented the moment and so it just kind of felt like you're just throwing stuff at me because it'll seem shocking or it'll make me feel sorry for people but you're not earning any of it yeah like it was just very that's fair. i, don't know, I, think I that's just fair. felt like there yeah. were a lot of moments where i felt like it was poorly crafted and yeah. i don't really feel that way often during christopher nolan movies i usually feel the opposite and so i was just kind of like what is happening in this movie well i think no see i think the cra- i think the direction for the most part is actually pretty strong i think a lot of the trouble lies in the script for me the story um, or lack thereof is yeah what i'm calling it yeah well because so like for example i mean and again this is just one of those things but it's at the beginning um you know so we'll get into the bigger the bigger issue here but you know at the very beginning you've got all the, you know he's getting these these signs, signs exactly uh, <laughs> the books and the dust and you know oh and they're like oh they're these fifth dimensional beings and they and whatever and it was like as soon as as soon as that happened, I instantly was like, oh, these are all messages from the future. Like, these are all, this like, they're, they're not going to be aliens. It's going to be messages from them in the future, like, going back in time. Like, It's the worst of the, like, we couldn't have done this if you hadn't already done this. Right. Sort of things. Because it's even worse because then he even extrapolates it out. Like, oh, but the original people were probably... You know, the ones who built this were yeah. people be- even beyond us who yeah. have evolved, and they're helping us, and I'm helping Merv. So it's one of those, like, awfully twisty, you couldn't have done this in the first place if you hadn't already done right. it to begin with. Um, but I, but but that's the thing. Like, like I, I felt like that was very clear from the very outset, so I then spent, like, the next two and a half hours waiting for that to happen. I you know? didn't think it was clear, but I did think it was dumb when she figured it out on almost no evidence because it was like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. just like... She's stared at these things for years when she was a kid, and now she's an adult, and she stares at it for 30 seconds, and she's suddenly like, it must be my dad. I'm like, you think your dad is, like, living behind your bookshelf or something? <laughs> like, just yeah, there pushing was, out your books? There was you a leap in there. no evidence of this being your dad sending you messages like none at all yeah. and you suddenly just decide it must be your dad this is so dumb yeah that that was a there was definitely a logical leap in no that. i agree i when i started poking you though it was only because like i didn't read a lot about the movie before we saw it all i knew was that apparently whoever jessica chastain was playing was supposed to be a secret um oh and... see i had that i i what? I heard that long before the song. Well, I had who, heard they were like, secret? Jessica, Jessica Chastain. Chastain. Like, I had heard that her role was being kept hush-hush, like who she was playing who in Interstellar. Who is she, Older Murph? Yeah. yeah. Um, Why would you need to hide that? I don't know, but that I that's like the one thing I remember reading is like the fact that her role was hush-hush, and I was like, this seems 
obviously obvious that yeah. she's going to be playing older Murph. As soon yeah. as he's giving her the watch, it's like, time might move more slowly for me. I was like, okay, so, so she's going to be grown age, up Murph. Yeah, like, yeah. their get... kids are going to age way up. And yeah. she, and like, hilariously, right before that Speaking happened, of I, was thinking about, <laughs> I was thinking about what, like, pretty red hair that little girl has. And yeah. then I was like, oh, well, you know, there you go. You know who else has pretty red hair? They keep getting older. He stays the, the same. same age. It's amazing, <laughs> right? God. Oh, my God. Thank God for that. Just saying. It's great. Final fucking joke come all the way back around. Um, but, uh, but so also for the ending, did Murph just get them like up into space somewhere and now their ultimate goal is to get wherever Anne Hathaway is? They just like haven't figured out how to that's do how that I read yet? It. That's how yeah. I read it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's what I figured as well. And then I was like, you know what, Christopher Nolan, you are not going to get me to watch a sequel to this movie. I don't care how you want to end your movie. I'm not going to watch Interstellar 2 for Search for Anne Hathaway. In Search. No, that would be the Jesus. third one. Yeah. First, we have to have the Wrath of Tars. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, let's talk about those robots. Those robots are kind of awesome. They were kind they of awesome. At first, so cool. at yeah. first, I thought they were so stupid. I know. And then I was like, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, this is great. When I, when we, like, when the, when I first saw it in the trailer, and I, I was like, oh, great, a really impractical-looking future robot. I love those. Yeah. Which is like, it's a fucking, uh, like, a tablet, and it just yeah. splits it's itself up. It's a giant monolith. Yeah, exactly. It walks like, around. so ridiculous. But no, I love seeing him, like, yeah, they like, really thought, like, how he would move. And... Yeah, when he does, he turns into, like, a jack, and he, like, rolls around. Yeah, no, that was um, awesome. Or, or his, like, his things will, like, unfold themselves so that he can, like, hook stuff and, like, yeah. pick, pick people up and shit. Oh, it was, it was so cool. Yeah. Um, and that voice, uh, we were like sitting in the theater trying to figure out who the voice was. Uh, the voice is Bill Irwin, who's a great, great actor. Uh, huh. He's got like, uh, uh, he, he was in, um, okay, uh, My Blue Heaven, Rick Moranis, Steve Martin, My mm-hmm. Blue Heaven. Mm-hmm. He's Rick Moranis's partner in My Blue Heaven. Oh, he that does guy. like the stupid dancing thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Bill Irwin. That's who I always think of him as. I mean, he's a really, he's been in a million things and, you know, he's won tony's i think before like he's a legit actor i mean i'm just gonna come out right now tars is totally my heart of the ghost tars is totally my heart of the ghost no Buster. question about yes. it yes holy There's... fuck yeah. i would love to have a drink with that robot believe it or not like Absolutely. how does that how can that even be yeah. i don't know but i want to i also dug all the uh like the jokes about like the percentages yeah, yeah like 75 percent sarcasm yeah <laughs> well and the other thing i would like i guess where i'll give them a little credit here for the story is i kept waiting for like the robot to betray them, well, because that's a stand. You know, robot yeah, no, always... Tars. Tars was. I mean, he was a an inverse, an inverse Hal mm-hmm. talking R two D two. Yeah, exactly. By the end. What about Case, man? Poor Case. Poor Case. Got, I know, right? Got Case fucking shafted. Living in Tars's shadow. Yeah, yeah. Um, but well, kept, he was R four. Yeah, I kept. Well, I kept waiting. Yeah, so I kept waiting for the robot to betray them, especially when it was like, oh, well, the world. I'm only ninety percent honest with you. Kept being like, okay, when's the part where he just like doesn't tell them something? I thought it was gonna be when he was checking out the the one that uh, Matt Damon had stripped. Well, I was gonna say, speaking of like, betrayals, Whoa. they saved all the betrayal for Matt, Matt Damon. Damon. What yeah. an asshole! Uh, but no, stars the- can't betray you when Matt Damon has already betrayed you. Yeah, yeah. Which can great reveal can, though. Can we talk though for a second about the thing on Hoth? Yeah, which where thing? he just won't stop talking to him as he's killing him yeah. all i could think about was that scene in the incredibles where syndrome is like you, you caught, caught me monologuing oh, yeah. i was like shut up evil matt damon 
Ben? Like, yeah. you've already cracked his helmet open. He's going to suffocate. I don't think he needs you walking around being like, I'm sorry, man. I can't bear to look at you. Do you see your children? This had to happen. Shut up! <laughs> so happy when he died. Uh, good reveal, though. I mean, it was obvious that that was going to be the way they talk about yeah, him. And I, they well, refused no, to show I, his picture. Yeah, I was going to say, I wondered because at the beginning they have all those posters and they were like, all the different people who went off to the planets led here by the great Dr. Man and they gesture to the poster but they don't show it at yeah. all. And I was yeah. like, wouldn't you do it? Wouldn't you cut to like a more of a, a close, close up, up on yeah. the poster? So I kind of wondered and then when it turned out to be Matt Damon, I was like, ooh. Yeah. Well, I, I, I assumed the whole time I was like, this is going to be a big cameo or whatever but I did not call Damon. I was racking my brain for like Sort Nolan of, yeah, the Nolan, like, yeah, the yeah. big Nolan guy. It's gonna be Bale. Christian Bale or something. I, I kind of really or thought it was gonna, gonna be, be Christian like Bale. Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, I really thought it was gonna be Christian Bale. Um, but no, I think Damon's great. I love uh, evil Matt Damon's fun. It's something you don't get to see very often. So but like, you know, I he wasn't even evil. Like, he was crazy, Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt like, and this is why I keep saying "quote unquote" story because I feel like there's no. Like, try to chart that story. Like, yeah. try to chart that story in, like, typical rising action, climax, falling action. Like, there's no through line to that story. And the whole idea of um, Michael Caine being, like, this kind, not evil, but, like, kind of untrustworthy guy yeah. yeah who kept all this stuff from people and then matt damon being like the crazy guy who so wanted to see it through that he was willing to go to all these lengths and then like we've got the thing about the corn and the wheat and the sun who like refuses to lo- leave the farm and like it just seemed like there were so many disparate elements that never came together and it almost seemed like we don't really have conflict or tension I don't think that like, was the point. Like, the people are just kind of sick from the dust, but it, like, it never felt super urgent that they get off the planet. And then you've got, like, Matt Damon being kind of crazy for no reason and trying to, like, kill people and sabotage everything just because he's, like, kind of a devotee I, to this I... idea. It just, I don't know, it just felt like... I never particularly cared what anybody was doing, and it just felt like they were throwing so many things at the wall to see what stuck yeah. that there was never really a story. Oh, see, I didn't hit it that way at all. I, I for... part of what was dri- that's like I was telling Daily by in like what did I say at some point that the movie was driving me crazy, but it had lost me by that point anyway. It was oh, mostly because yet. like the story had lost me at that point. Yeah. I was like, why is anyone doing anything? Yeah. See, I don't know. Crazy. I I thought that the point of all of that, and I mean, all of that is correct. Everything you just said is correct. I'm telling you, you are correct, <laughs> Jamie. Thank you. Uh, but I don't think that's what the point was. I think the point was to... I think this was Nolan's way of running the entirety of the of the gamut of human emotion in yeah. the same movie. No, Bart, there's only one emotion, and that emotion is love. <laughs> it spans galaxies. Well, love, that's... Well, it's transgalactic. I think, I think love why, is transgalactic. I think, <laughs> I think that's why the love thing was so heavy-handed, is because he wanted to show everything. We had betrayal, hate, love, trust, like, manipulation, hope, despair... Like everything, and the gluttony that got us there. What other deadly sins? Just fucking everything. Yeah, I mean, just everything. And you know, and like time and love over time, like everything. I mean, everything was in this movie, and you know, it kind of worked for me because the scope of the movie was so enormous. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I mean, it was beautiful. 
Like it was a beautiful movie to Absolutely. see. Oh, mm-hmm. That's why I, I want I want stills the two yeah. from that movie for my backgrounds like of two, everything forever. I like forever. the two planets, and that's about it. I will see. I, I was the, the other thing that I really like. Gargantua, was Gargantua, is go- fucking yeah. gorgeous. Well, and that's and and the black hole itself has like the sphere that like reflects things. Like that was I, all the abyss all yeah. day. That well, day. I was thinking that too yeah. when he was in the book place and yeah. she was shaking the hand when he was falling through the book oh, place first oh, and yeah. we didn't quite know where it was. I was almost like, ooh, are we about to have the abyss all over again? Is I, something gonna like rise up? I thought we were gonna have all? fucking V'gers when I was <laughs> But no, I mean, it was. I would have enjoyed I mean, if it had actually been abyss like. I think it was a. I mean, it was visually. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. But um, I feel like also that would have been a mo- more coherent story. Like if there actually had been some sort of alien thing, like that would have felt like more of a payoff. Really? I think I would have enjoyed the abyss. More, more. contact ish. Like, yes. People who were actually trying to help us yeah. the whole time. And... Yeah. Like, I, I feel know. like that would have felt more like beginning middle and end whereas this felt very like like well, i said it just felt all over the place it felt like a scatter plot I of mean, ideas the, as opposed to an actual plot i mean the, i think the love thing was definitely heavy-handed the survival yeah. instinct thing was real heavy-handed yeah and the, the parents speech. thing was real heavy-handed yeah but i mean you know the the plan a plan b thing like matt damon was not evil yeah. He was he was committed yeah, was to plan say, B. Well, Every single thing he did was because he believed in the colonization idea. The monologue. Well, the monologue was because he's he was he was by himself for how right. many years. Well, and that's the thing that I thought was really interesting about his character is again, it's not he's not an evil guy. He's someone who like I I think he's driven by guilt more than anything else because you think of like the way they talk about him before they he shows up is like oh he it's was all like his idea. yeah well he's he's like this brilliant like selfless guy who's so brave he convinced these eleven other people to go on these missions where they probably never see another human being again right and whatever and no his whole thing was just that like he got there he he never even occurred to him that his planet would be inhabitable would be not be would be uninhabitable that he just assumed like well my planet will certainly be like the right planet i'm well, sure so that when he got there and realized like no i'm fucked this can't this planet isn't going to work he like all of that bravery and selflessness or whatever just collapsed and he was like fuck it come and get me turn on the button so someone will come come get my ass so that i can stick around and you know yeah we'll go to the next place you know and i mean i think i mean i believe that he did want to save humanity and the way that he knew to do that was plan b he just also ended up being really selfish and like i said yeah i think it's really it's guilt more than anything else because he realizes like no, this is my own failing, basically. Um, and he knows what he's doing is, like, wrong and awful, but he also, like, you know, I think a lot of it, you think of that that that, that first moment when they wake him up and he just bursts into tears. I mean, I think that's the thing that sets the tone for everything else is that it's just, like, he, he knows he's doing the wrong thing, but he feels like it's the only thing that he can do, right. you know? yeah. I mean, um, the monologue was a, a bit like a little bit yeah. too much well, but i get where he was going with yeah. it. yeah i also um, man by the end of this movie wanted to fucking stab dylan thomas in the eyes like that fucking poem i was i oh like that poem God. i oh like that God. poem like already but yeah. like i'm so so they literally said it like four different times yeah. over the course of the movie i was so sick of well, hearing it daily we kill strangers <laughs> so we don't kill the people we love thank you good lord yeah um, but I, I, I kind of appreciate the, and again, you know, cause we're seeing it sort of opening week, opening weekend. Um, you know, those, you get some sort of pleasure of like, Oh, Hey, it's Casey Affleck. 
Or what's Topher Grace doing in this movie? Topher Grace. <laughs> what the fuck? Topher's like, oh, hi, Venom. What are yeah, you doing here? I like, guess. Topher Grace should have such a better career than he does. I know. It's so sad Poor that Topher fucker. Grace doesn't have a better career. But Casey Affleck, this was like one of the like first times where when he was in that me- messaging screen when we first see him through the yeah. messages, and so everything's all dim and the light's going in and out. Like, if I were only half paying attention, I would have thought it was Ben Affleck. Like, they, oh, really? uh, they always look similar, but this mm. was, like, the first time ever where I was like, holy crap, you're twins. Like, with all the, like, facial hair and the dim lighting and everything, I was like, I, if not for the voice, I would have believed that that was Ben Affleck on the screen. It was really Well, you creepy. have Matt Damon. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for another Affleck, yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a fun bit. Yeah. Um, and the movie's, you know, movie's been out for, like, six days now or something like that uh has it i thought uh well it's been out since it's been out since no not six days it's been out since wednesday it came out on the fifth um which is another thing that i think is interesting which we haven't talked about which is uh you know so we saw this movie in imax i think the imax stuff is all really great you Um, should see this in imax absolutely i I feel like it would be much worse yeah no he shot a large portion of this movie in imax basically anytime it's their exterior on a planet whether it be earth or an alien planet or it's like an outer space like exterior you know of the ship or whatever it's an imax shot and they're all just fucking great i want everything to be shot in imax i know um so uh so we we saw an imax but they did this really interesting thing with this movie which is that they rolled it out early in imax and uh anywhere that was showing it on film um Mm -hmm. and uh and my friend ian asked us to talk about this um so uh, i think that's really i think it's really cool you know nolan was one of those guys where uh you know a little while back when the studios sort of made their uh agreement with um with kodak because kodak was like look we're gonna stop manufacturing film stock because kodak it's because what what do you need it for basically like we're people aren't buying enough of it like we we think we might just stop doing this and so a couple of filmmakers like nolan and scorsese and a couple others um and a couple studios basically said like look we they they sort of came to an understanding said you continue to produce film stock and we promised not only to buy it for the purpose of like striking prints for theaters and uh and archival stuff but you know that we have a bunch of filmmakers here like top level filmmakers who want to shoot on 35 millimeter and uh you know they promise to keep using it basically yeah um so they anywhere that showed it on 35 millimeter um and anywhere that uh showed it on imax uh which you know in a lot of in some cases is digital but in some cases is 70 millimeter 70, yeah. um they they got to play start the movie you know three days earlier or five days earlier or something like that um, which I think is, I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. I, I did hear, there were a lot of stories I saw going around on Twitter of like theaters who basically wanted in on that, but they're, everything is because everything's digital now. It's like, they didn't know what to do with the film stock. Like that, like mm. sound was not synced with the picture because they, it's been so long oh, since they've so had to sad. actually deal with it. Yeah, that's I know. really sad. Like, well, people I mean, who are working an AMC and they're not trained for this anymore. Yeah, I mean, they've only been trained to push this button on the digital projector. I mean, I am not a film snob by yeah. any stress. I love digital. Yeah. Um, but that's sad. Well, I think they each have their, their use in their own place and yeah. there's stuff that I love watching on 35mm but there's also stuff that I'm like, no, I could watch a digital, you know, a nice DCP restoration and 
it's fine. It's fine with me. Sometimes it's nice to see a nice, crisp, clear picture. Sometimes I like there being grain and, you know, shit on the film and, you know, it's fun. I mean, it, so we saw American Werewolf the other day. Yeah. If that had been, if that had been digital, it yeah. would have, like, a movie like that should have some snow in it. Right? I bought it on Blu-ray. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, well, so I'll be curious to see how it looks. it's going to look weird. I, yeah, it might look a little too clean. I don't know. Well, we'll it's, see. Like, it's like we were, that thing that you sent me the other day uh, about Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And I, I mean, just because it's, so much of it is practical, mm-hmm. like there's there's a weird looking alien in front of the camera, yep, exactly, like, and it looks great. Yeah. It looks great. And I, uh, that was the other thing that the Inter- Interstellar did, which I really liked, which was, uh, mm-hmm. and we saw like a, a a featurette on this a while back, which is they did the thing Oblivion did, which was instead of uh, using a lot of green screens, like I think uh, there are no green screens. Yeah, no, no, no. So it's like especially all the stuff that's in the ship when they're like looking at stuff out the windows of the ship, like there are no green screens in the windows for them to like paint digital scenery. Later, they actually project like outer space images so that when the actors are you know on the set, they look out a window, they see star fields and they see the planet Earth spinning and they see you know whatever so i like that it, it makes a big difference i think in the performance it makes it makes oh, everything yeah. feel much more tangible and you can't tell the difference it's not like you're watching some fucking movie from 1950 where no, they're no. projecting road things in Which a car is yeah hilarious it always but... looks ridiculous no i mean um, no it works i think it's great jamie, I, I wish more people would do that jamie how do you feel about the acting never mind the script never mind the plot for I a minute but just 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 the actual acting Thought it was meh. You thought it was like, meh. I've never been as in the bag for Jessica Chastain as everybody else is. Oh like, really? I think she's fine, but I've never thought that like she's amazing the way everybody seems to talk about her. I remember thinking she was particularly meh in this movie. Yeah, I don't think she has a lot to do in this movie. I mean, like, not from an emotional standpoint. From an emotional standpoint, she's got movie. plenty to do. But you know who impressed like, I me? I just don't. Who, who impressed Tars. you? Well, besides Tars. <laughs> <laughs> Tars is just awesome, but. Young Murph. Yeah. I thought she was very good. She did a great job. Especially considering the only other thing I've seen her in is Twilight, where she basically just sits there quietly and touches your face. Um, (laughs) I thankfully have not seen. She she does. I don't remember her. She's the creepy baby. Oh my God, really? Yes. No, but so considering that that's like the only thing I've ever seen her in, I remember being thinking like, wow, she's really good. I I think she did a really good job. I hope she actually gets to do more things. She has a very expressive face and she was very... I don't know. I liked her. Like you could, you could attach to her more than any other character. And she was a very, movie, very believable ten-year-old. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think she did very well. I think McConaughey did fine. I yeah. I think McConaughey's great. I don't think. I mean, I don't think it's certainly not his best work. But it really is not. But I totally buy him in that role. Like, it's not like a, oh McConaughey, what have like we've been in the, the midst of the McConaissance mm-hmm. for such a long time. It doesn't feel like a step backward or anything. No. It just sort of feels like. Yeah, he did very good with, like, the limited sort of script he had, basically. But don't you feel like, I mean, saying that, don't you feel like almost every character had a limited kind of script? Because that was one of my problems with this movie, is I felt like not a single character has anything, like, interesting to do or say. Well, they got to get through a lot of shit in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of characters. How how long was it? bad. Almost three hours. It's going to be almost three hours, yeah. that's bad. Like, your movie should have more sense of purpose yeah like would... if you have to get through so many things that every single one of your character is gets short shrift 
Like, well, you've but, not no, written a good movie. But, but that's Nolan. I mean, you realize that by the time Nolan is, like, 60 or 70, his movies are going to be, like, three and a half, four hours. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like, his movies are getting longer and longer all the time. But it also didn't feel like, to me, it, I didn't feel like the movie dragged or anything. Like, no, but, point, it, but, it, but it never felt... But it never felt like a tight story, either. Yeah, no, no. no. I mean, it's sprawling, for sure. But, but it, it doesn't feel like, oh, God, is this movie still happening? That's like, I what I felt Right, I mean, I feel like... And I feel like the okay, so space movies where you have where you explore the human condition, yeah, okay, which this is absolutely absolutely is, one of those. is yeah. what that what this is. Yep, um, have a great. I mean, I think that I, I think that the vastness of space mm-hmm. and the complexity of the human condition are things that belong together. Sure. That's why these movies keep getting made. Yeah, it's fine. I don't have a problem with that. No, totally. And I think that there is enough room there. To have things feel sprawling, and I don't think you need a really tight storyline. Yeah. If I want to watch a tight space-based storyline, I have Star Trek, I have Star Wars, I yeah. have Guardians, I have all, you know what I mean? I don't I don't want, like, with something like this, and I knew nothing about this movie going in. Yeah. Nothing. Um, which is why I went to Over Grace showed up. I was like, whoa, oh, hi. I didn't know you were <laughs> um, But I, I feel like that it's fine have it be sprawling like yeah. that because it's like this these are people in a desperate situation and they don't know what the fuck they're doing right they can feel like they're floundering a little bit and i think that the gopro shots enforce reinforce some of that because yeah. it's like kind of all over the place and there's all like the spaghetti on the wall thing with this didn't bother me yeah because they were it's plan a plan b oh fuck oh fuck yeah no it is it's a it's a story about a space mission in which everything goes wrong basically but that's part um, of murphy's like what law you, yeah. yeah but what you kind were of. saying though is Part of what bothered me about it because I remember thinking halfway through the movie, like so much of what I love about sci-fi is that sci-fi has this wonderful ability to make larger points about the nature of humanity and about society. And short of love, I didn't feel like that was actually happening here. Like mm. it sounds like you're saying you think it did. What? It, what but it, I was saying I did, I didn't get that. If from this it at movie all. reminded me of one thing, it's the pale blue dot. Okay. Yeah. The you know Carl Sagan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pay the pale blue dot. It, like it reminded me. Of the vastness of everything mm-hmm. and the insignificance, the tiny insignificance of myself. Yeah, and I am not going to lie to you. When he had the twenty-year videos mm-hmm. and here's the baby, I cried. Mm-hmm. I legit teared up and cried. Totally, which does not happen frequently in movies. Like, there's a moment in Royal Tenenbaums where I cry every time. Yeah. And if I watch that, and I don't know if it's because I'm, like, in a vulnerable spot in my life right now. Like, who knows if we want to talk about what you bring to a movie. Yeah. But fine. But I did. And it, it, it really resonated with me. And the idea of parents being what they need to be for their children and why and how. Yeah. And, it you know, and it makes me want to go do something that I really understand. Right. Like, I'm going to go build something mm-hmm. with my hands. Yeah. Because I get that. I, I understand how. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's totally fair, um, and I, I kind of agree. I'm I'm a little more forgiving. Like, look, it's an, I love I love movies in outer space. I love movies that treat outer space like seriously, um, and I'm also a little more forgiving when it comes to yeah, that's sort of the vastness of the of the human condition, and sort of it can be a little messy. It doesn't need to necessarily be. Uh, you know, quite so cut and dry and, you know, connect the dots. Um, that's, that's, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. But I also agree that I think a lot of the characters sort of suffer. I think a lot of the characters feel kind of two-dimensional. In fact, I think Matt Damon is probably the most oh, well-defined yeah. character in the whole movie. He seems like the most complex character, and I, like, I understand 
everything that's going on with him on like three different levels everybody else sort of was like i want to do this one thing and i'm going to do this one thing and if i don't do this one thing then that's not good for me and like i i don't okay sure good luck with that you what know was, what was the name of the guy who stayed up for 20 years it was romilly he was, the only one he I was almost I liked him. Yeah. almost I was say, my heart of the ghostbusters yeah no i liked um, him because he i mean like he made the biggest sacrifice of anybody like oh, having yeah. to just sit around for 23 years well by he himself. fucking he, slept and for then, a while he, he fucking held but he held it down like, you yeah. could i mean and he, he didn't back. go crazy i was gonna say but also he did not go crazy and try to sabotage everybody exactly like, he always seemed like he still seemed like very sweet and yeah no i he reminded really me of someone but him. i can't figure out who like when he got back the way he's like the way he like holds his hands yeah. and the way he seems so nervous and quiet and it's driving me crazy because I can't for the life of me remember who, but it reminds me of, of somebody like yeah. another character in another movie and hmm. I can't think of it. He was great. Yeah. He was great. I thought he did a really great job. Um, um, there was one other big like thing that really bothered me. Like the, I think, I think that whole water planet thing is problematic. Um, the, the, it's a cool setting, you know? Yeah. I mean, I give him credit because both of the planets have cool settings. The idea of a planet that's basically mostly water, but like thin water, like you can just walk around, like there's ground underneath is sort of how I took that. Yeah, um, yeah that like was, you that could was, build houses there if not That was a little weird, waves. but you, yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. You would never have tidal but, waves like that right, in yeah. that shallow. Um, but the, uh, unless you had crazy winds. I was going right. to say, maybe it's not that shallow in other places. Or? Yeah, I know. So, so. But they wouldn't come that frequently. They had like a, several tight. I mean, yeah. if you had yeah. the, the two tidal waves that they in saw, an hour, basically. and the one from the previous from the previous earthquakes, yeah, like constant tectonic shift. Why the just f- sending waves out constantly? The other thing is, when you saw that planet from space, you yeah. probably tell there's no continents. on yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, this and that Why was the did thing. You land? Yeah, no, that's the thing that bothered me. How do me they the know most? that they could land? Yeah. I was that's like, what if, I was thinking too. I was like, how do you know? Like, I, when they started to land, I was like, is it an aqua spaceship? Like, <laughs> I, I like, thought it was. Just land on the water? I just assumed that because of the shape of the ship, float. it was going to float. Yeah, yeah, me too. No, that's what I thought they were going to do, too. I was like, it's so yet again, yeah. yet again, like, no sense of, of space or purpose. Yeah. Like, that was a things, little weird. Things just happen. Like, yeah. you know what will be cool if this happens, so that's what's going to happen. You right. know, like, it, yeah. nothing felt earned. The other planet has the frozen clouds, which I think is really cool. So they're literally that's like... That's a really weird thing, but... Yeah. The gravity on that planet was, what, 80%? Yeah, it was 80% Earth. That shit wouldn't stay frozen in the atmosphere. Yeah, I don't know. That would Well, they fall. said it was mostly, what, ammonia? Yeah. I don't know what ammonia does. How yeah, does yeah. ammonia behave? I don't know, but if it's solid, one would think it wouldn't levitate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, 80, 80% gravity yeah. is still, yeah. that's pretty good gravity. It's um, pretty good. But no, there's... It, that, it, Aside from the fact that they thought there was a person on the water planet, it feels like there were a million reasons why they should have just like looked at that and gone, fuck oh, no, and left. Logo. Well, yeah. this like, is a problem. The time dilation here. issue is huge. But also, like, Plus, you're if looking... all that water is salty, like, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Well, dude, you know? not even any of that, but this They way. also never decided. They were like, it's water. Yeah. yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> like, the, yeah, the... could be lava. Dude, they are looking for a planet to relocate the human species why the fuck would you want to relocate to a planet that is orbiting a black hole? Like, there's that planet. There's no way that planet's gonna survive. Where did it get its light from? I fuck if I know. Because there's saying. a black hole apparently right nearby, enough that it dilates time extra special in that one planet. It's to teach us a larger lesson that if we had followed in Hathaway's heart from the very beginning, well, we yes. would have been okay. That's true, but then we wouldn't have gotten the best character in the movie, Matt Damon. <laughs> Um, I still think Tars. 
No, okay, so Heart of the Ghostbusters, I think we're both going with Tars oh, the Robot. Jamie, do you who, I mean, do you want to sure. go with the other guy? No, you want to go with the other guy, you with said, Case, right? With because I felt sorry for him? No, 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 the other, uh, Romilly, yeah, the other astronaut. Romilly was great. I Romilly really, was great. I really almost, if, if Tars hadn't been able to just be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I told sure. I'm not attached enough to care. So sure, <laughs> Romilly. Why okay. not? <laughs> right. Can I? I want to say one thing about the the great bookshelf in the sky. Yeah, go, go for it. I actually think that was pretty well executed. Yeah, visually, I actually no, really never, liked it. I, I don't just mean visually, but I feel like whenever the space movies that try to explore the human condition and the soul and blah 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 get to the point where they're going to show something trippy mm-hmm. and they all do oh yeah exhibit a v'ger exhibit yep. b 2001 contact does the same contact yeah. the third season of star trek <laughs> the whole third season there's always like you always end up in a random room with mm-hmm. french furniture and a checkered floor or something yep. eh, whatever i actually think that that worked pretty well yeah I because it, it didn't get to that point where it so jumped the shark that i was just like well i'm done with this yeah um and like the bookshelf thing and i yeah well i thought they did a good enough job explaining the idea that he's not actually like that it's a construct basically that these evolved beings whether they're future humans or aliens or whoever they would be um you know that they literally they exist in a five-dimensional space and to them time is just another thing it's the fifth dimension uh, and yeah. don't you dare start singing that song. But to also, me. how did they know for sure they were five-dimensional beings? That's another thing that made me raise an eyebrow. I was like, you don't really know anything about this other than that there are gravitational anomalies on yeah. Earth, and now you have extrapolated that into, like, there must be these five-dimensional beings. And I was like, why? Yeah. Why must there be? Yeah, also, I guess that's true. it took me most of the movie to realize that Cooper was his last name and not his first name. <laughs> so assuming at this point in the future we are still doing patrilineal naming, that means that Casey Affleck named his child Cooper Cooper. Cooper. Yes, no, Cooper. No, 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 no. Which I, is I not assumed, okay. No, I assumed that Cooper Cooper was named something Cooper, and they just called him Coops after his father. I, or well, grandfather. I would hope so. That's what I, I have assumed. I a cousin named Chris Christensen, and that's bad enough. If you have to be Coop Cooper. <laughs> it's not good. That's not okay. Yeah, that's, that's pretty rough. Okay, so I think that probably just about wraps it up. For Interstellar. Next week, Big Hero 6. Yeah, next week we're going to do Big Hero 6. Oh, Possibly really? Is it time? Yeah, Big Hero 6 came out this weekend. Really? Yeah, yes. it came out the we counter program Interstellar. Instead. We chose poorly. <laughs> it's possible. I, you know, no, I don't I'm, know. I, yeah, no. I, I really liked this movie. Nope. I don't, see, here's the thing about a movie like this. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Like, it's it's a rare movie that will, and I'm, it's a, it is really a rare movie that will get me to cry. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of you, another. Yeah, you can't argue with that. I cannot I mean, think of another time I have cried in a theater. I cried yeah. at everything. least recently. I cried at this, but I cried everything, so that's um, not a good metric for me. I, I am I am far. It is far I easier to. It is much easier. Sorry, did you say you I'm cried sorry. at Dumb and Dumber? You need to explain <laughs> I mean, that one. I had Toy Story. I cry at everything. No, I I'm almost cried at Toy Story. Why, why did you very cry malleable. at Dumb and Dumber? I don't even remember because I haven't seen that movie in years. But there is some scene where they have. <laughs> you know some they're making another like, one. You're my best friend and I love you type of scene. I don't really remember and I definitely cried at it. Wow. Well, we need to watch that movie again. I really don't well, want that's, to. Well, that's like me in. in Royal Ten Bob. Yeah, I've had everything. a hard year, Dad. Yeah, I just yeah, like can't. I just one. can't help it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I it's far easier to get me to rage. Yeah. At something just because like oh well that's fucking stupid. Oh yeah. you're a fucking idiot. Why'd yeah. you do that? Yeah. <laughs> rage. Yeah. But this was like just the 
the generational thing and just like here's a baby and here's everyone's getting older and it's just you've missed 20 years of your of our lives it's yeah. just fucking yeah like, pun- it punched me right in my human condition part <laughs> and i just like it's like that's ugh. fair i think this movie's got a lot of problems but i i mean and i was trying to think about it on the way home in terms of like uh like where it falls in relation to the rest of nolan's movies um because like for me like and i was thinking about because like you know i i really like memento i enjoyed insomnia i haven't watched either of those movies in like a decade um i feel like this is kind of a hodgepodge yeah of, there are... of like i think it's one of his better things yeah i really do i mean i think like when we exited the theater i was convinced this is the best thing he's ever done now after like what an hour or two yeah. i'm like mm. i think it's probably dark knight yeah well i was gonna say i think inception and dark knight are probably up at the top i would say probably better than dark knight rises better than dark knight rises for sure mm, maybe no no no, no. actually well, no and that's not what i'm saying what i what i mean is that i feel like what you have here is the human condition exploration from dark knight yeah with the visual splendor of inception yeah yeah, I but feel I don't like think it works as well as either of those movies. I didn't say that it did. And that's what kind of bothers me though is like I feel like someone who has the money and the resources and the power of Nolan like I don't want them to go crazy with it and just start making whatever the hell they want without any sense of economy or edits or anyone or feeling like no one can possibly step in and tell you no. Like, yeah. There's a reason that there should be other people involved who can tell you, like, scale it back. This you is, know, like, this should have been scaled back. This you could have a, had a cleaner, tighter, better, more interesting movie if somebody had made him scale it back. That is a good point. And that's the point that I want to make is that it hit me very hard. Yeah, there were moments. And I, and I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't think I ever want to see it again. Yeah, yeah that's I fair. think I, I think this is one of those movies that I enjoyed a lot at the moment. Yeah. And I feel like talking about it and thinking about it has made me like it less. Okay. <laughs> no, I want this to live in my memory as something that I really liked, and I will never see it again. It's fair. You know I think what I no, mean? I think it's fair. I don't feel the, like the crushing need to like watch it. Like Inception, I watched that movie and then instantly wanted to watch it like three more that's, times. See, that's a different Dark thing. Dark Knight was the same thing. Yeah, like, I right, don't feel right. the overwhelming need to go see this movie again. Plus, I think this one is going to suffer badly. From small screen, yes, yeah. I mean, in the same way that I think gravity lose some of the majesty. I don't, I don't need to see gravity again. I don't want to. I mean, even I would watch it if if I were going to watch it again, I would watch it in 3D at home. Yeah, it still wouldn't have all of its stuff. And I think this will do the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So Big Hero Six next week. Um, and like James said, we may actually get to go see this with a small child. Um, Who? My friend wants to take her kids, and she wanted us to come with. And I was like, I think I really want to watch daily. Watch your son watch this movie. Oh, please so. sign me up. <laughs> yeah. On the call. yeah. So next weekend we'll. Uh, so we'll hopefully find we time. can pull that one off. So that's next weekend, and then yeah. the week after that is Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Yes, that's true. I need to watch the middle one. I have. That I have. No, it streams now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, it's on my list. I almost watched it yesterday, but I just. I really it. want to rewatch. I just. I just. Fucking. <laughs> I just fucking marathon parts and wreck instead. That's fair. Um, They're getting married. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, and I think we're gonna have a, uh, a 
a cavalcade of stars for our uh, hung- we we could get a cavalcade of stars for our Hunger Games podcast depending on how we schedule it out. We're gonna go to a Thursday night show, so we won't podcast right afterwards like we did today. Um, but we're gonna go see it with a bunch of people. Um, and uh, you were saying Jenna is like apparently extraordinarily Jenna, involved no, in this I don't, franchise. I don't, I'm not gonna go that far. I don't know the level of her uh, dedication dedication to it, but at the same time, there have been very few movies that I have ever seen her dedicated to, yeah. and most of them have been established musicals. Okay. No, no, I mean, like, we watched Guys and Dolls yeah, the other sure. day, with, which I had never seen, and I'm really have glad that we did. Brigadoon? Have you watched made you watch Brigadoon? Not yet, but, I, I, but you know, we, we've talked about some other things, but, uh, in the door, like a young Brando. Man, like, sorry, Sinatra. <laughs> You're great, and you can sing, but fucking brando yeah just <laughs> stealing the whole frame brando does that he's got those Jesus. skills yeah um, um well all of my friends that are coming with us we are way into the hunger games so you yeah. know she'll have good company i will i'm gonna because you are going with a bunch of hardcore ya yeah. people so. i'm gonna check in with her and see where she is with yeah. this i'm debating whether i need to rewatch the first one because I don't want to, because I did not love the first one. I don't think you need to. I think you just watch the second one. Have you, one. Have you not seen the second one at all? Not at all. Then you have to see it before Well, of course. Oh, absolutely. Because, no, like, no, story. No question. But not even, like, in terms of enjoyment, like, story-wise, you have to watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I, I wouldn't dare. It's not going to make I, I wouldn't dare not go see it. Yeah. Or I don't think watch you, it at home, I think but... your vague recollections of the first one will be enough, enough to power you yeah. through the second one. That's what I was. And you're fine. That's what I was figuring. And also, I don't really need to sit through. I think the first one made me a little sick at parts because the unnecessary shaky cam. And honestly, there's very little in terms of like concrete story plot points that from the first one that you need to remember say, to it'll make all sense it'll all get one. inferred like, in the second one you, the general premise of we live in squalor and then we do this battle royale thing and then we all kill each other we all watch battle it. royale yeah. and we conjure these mystery dogs yeah. instead of food yep that you you remember enough that's all you really need to know well i've watched the honest so. trailer for it more times than i've seen the movie <laughs> yeah. so. so well bart thank you for uh you know joining us as always my pleasure nice to have you uh and uh jamie it's nice to have you back on the podcast i I said that last week but i say it again it's nice it's nice to have uh, a third a third person here it's nice to have a female perspective uh you know bring a little diversity to the table i was halfway through the movie i was like so when all the food started to go away did the minorities die first (laughs) (laughs) it was a very white movie Well, they were. There in... were a couple what's, of black the characters, of black? The and so of the was Romilly. Yeah. But for the most part, that was a very white movie. That's true. No Asians anywhere. The majority of the Yankees seem to be white. All the people watching. Well, they are the now Yankees anyway, aren't they? To be white. Mm. Fucking Yankees. <laughs> you can follow Daily on, <laughs> on Twitter, Twitter at Daily Screening, yeah, and the podcast on Just the website, on SoundCloud, and iTunes, and you should subscribe. Because the Yankees suck. Thanks, Jamie guys. and Barter, internet phantoms. It's true, but I'm on Twitter and on Facebook. At no, 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 no. Today we're ghosts. Oh, we're you ghosts. You are ghosts. Ooh. You gotta be. Can't be a no ghost, Bowers. Gotta be a spirit. Can't be no ghost. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Yes.